The only thing better than having your life saved by a superhero is the refreshing taste of Pepsi Next. Use promo code BLUEROSE at checkout. We watched Tiger and Bunny and we're here to answer the question, was it a kawaii disappointment? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Quiet Disappointment, your weekly journey through the worlds of anime. With you, as always, is me, your host, producer, Weeb of All Trades, and background superhero, making sure he makes it into at least one shot per fight, PJ. And me, a super cold ice princess, Skylar. And joining us today, as always, is our dear friend and newest star of Hero TV, Lauren. Hello! I'm absolutely sincere in saying that tigers are my favorite animal, so I'm pretty <laughs> excited. I knew this fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, anyone who listened to last month's episodes knew this fun fact. Yeah, well, <laughs> there you go. But we're not talking about last month's episodes. We talk about this month's episodes as we are kicking off Superpower Month, Woo-hoo! not Superhero Month, mm. which will become apparent if you know what else is coming this month, as we kick it off with Tiger and Bunny. All right, Lauren, that name. Mm-hmm. What do you think it's going to be about? Okay, so considering that we are now in Superpowers Month, and you, PJ, always connect each month thematically with, you know, a bridge between the last month and the current month, I'm saying that this is going to be about people who can morph into animals, and that's when they're superpowered. Ooh. Yeah, so. It's a real animorph situation. An animorph situation, but without that awkward middle phase where they are abominations. <laughs> Puberty? Well, sort well, of. Yeah. yeah, we all have an awkward middle phase where we're abomination. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, and you're assuming that our main characters may perhaps turn into tigers a tiger and, and a bunny. bunnies? Yes, I am assuming that it is going to be a tiger and a bunny friendship slash duo that are fighting crime, I'm guessing, with superpowers, or maybe they're just, I don't know, living their lives with superpowers. It'd be fun if it, we had a slice of life superpower anime, but I'm assuming it'll be crime fighting related. I would love to see a slice of life. I think you could, I mean, it's definitely, it definitely exists, but I think the only way you could do like a slice of life superpower type thing, I feel like it starts getting a little like... Hancock? <laughs> well... Where it inevitably even, just becomes Yeah, I feel like it has bigger. to eventually escalate. Mm-hmm. It does. I guess like the closest thing you have to like a slice of life superhero thing is Matilda. Oh, I was gonna Maybe. say one punch man. No, because he has huge fucking fights. Okay. Well I meant huge like we get to fights. see his day to day. Yeah, but that's still not a slice of life. Mm. Just because it has a moment of slice of life. <laughs> Just because we see like a part in the Batman where Bruce Wayne is like getting ready to for a meeting, that doesn't make the Batman a slice of life movie. <laughs> okay. I don't well, once you saw the poster, a- Lauren, <laughs> yes. what did you think this anime? Did you continue with your prediction or did you think it's anything different? I was very disappointed with the lack of animals on the poster, but I had to change my assumption. Because, yeah, no, there are no tigers or bunnies to be seen. But based on the color of the text and the colors of the costumes, I am saying that the dark-haired man is our tiger and the blonde person man is our bunny. And I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say the two are not super powered and they're actually building machines that are. So it's kind of like a Pacific Rim type situation where you can get into a robot and become super powered or you just have a robot that is super powered and sentient on its own. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. a good Gundam. There you go. Yeah. So I'm saying that this man with the hat in the green shirt is the tiger since tiger is in green text and he gets into that green suit in the back because it's also facing the same direction that he is so that's his robot and then bunny's in a red shirt with the red text and he gets into the red suit in the back Mm. so those are that's tiger and bunny up the center of the poster and then we have our fun cast of characters around them I'll start with the humans because there are two that are distinctly unsuited up and they're just in clothing, clothing. So the blue haired girl, I say, is our sharpshooter 
And she uses the fact that she's super hot to distract her targets and to get away with murder, literally. So I don't think, I don't know if she'll have superpowers or if she'll just have super powered weapons. Based on her colors, I'm assuming it's an Elsa situation where she's got water and or cold powers. Wintery. Wintery, yeah, a winter wonderland fiasco. The green-haired girl on the other side of the poster is our monk-slash-fighter, can very much kick your ass, is a little high-strung, but she's pretty cool otherwise. So I don't think she's... (laughs) I don't think she's so much super powered either as just she has these superhuman fighting abilities to where she's just super super good at hand-to-hand combat okay okay and then above her we have another person who is in a really fabulous superhero outfit um i'm really excited to see what they're about but the person i'm saying that they're gonna be super super sassy because they just have that like their hip is cocked and they're like you know just the posture they seem like a sassy type of person and based on their colors with all of the red and orange and yellow i'm assuming they have some sort of fire or heat superpower situation okay and now we get to all of these robots that are around our tiger and our bunny and our humans so we'll go let's go top to bottom there is a purple man who is saluting in the top corner and i am saying he's our lawful good he always has to follow the rules he has okay i found this term online and i really liked it it's called technopathy where he's able to read the minds of humans and other robots so he's able to like bridge the gap between our humans and our robots in this series and he is probably the leader of the robots just based on his stance and his saluting. And then... So are the robots sentient? Yes, they can be. Tiger and Bunny build the suits, and they get into their own, but they can also build sentient robots that help them fight crime as well. Yeah, they're like the mechanics. So that's one of our sentient robots. And then the two in the middle, the green and the red, I said, are Bunny and Tiger when they're in their suits. So now we go down to the bottom of the poster where we have two more sentient robot friends. And the one that looks like a bull with the horns and is just like huge is our very stubborn one. And he's going to stick by his morals like no one's business. Clearly, he is going to be our superhuman strength robot. And then last but certainly not least is this almost hidden one where he's red, white, and blue. And um, he looks very mysterious and he very much is going to keep to himself. I'm saying that he has invisibility and flight because, like, I don't know. I can't see him. Clearly, he's good at invisibility. Okay. I like it. That's the right one. We have this society that has not really superheroes, but people who are are suiting up to fight crime mm-hmm. and we have our main characters who suit up in like like super suits or like me- like super suit mecha type suits mm-hmm. and they also create robot superheroes. Yes. So they're the ones who essentially have built this like team of robots that are sentient and fight, but they can also have the option to build a suit for a human to where they can suit up and go fight, kind of like an Iron Man situation. Uh, it feels like if you could make robots to do it, it'd be so just in like uh, a lot unethical to also give humans the power. Like, no, I'm not going to put you in danger. I'm just going to make more robots. Right. Uh, but see, robots have the op have the you know. There's always that chance that the robots will go against humanity and will like have the robot uprising and they got to keep them in line man and they probably started with the we get into robots situation and then have built two sentient robots from there and it's like that classic evil scientist thing where like i'm only evil because i injected myself with my serum because no one else believed in me so we only go out and fight crime because no one else will do it no one else believes in us but we're going to do it because it's the right thing to do. And we got to keep these robots in line, man. So the robots are actively revolting against them? No, no, no. There's always the possibility that they could, which is why see, you that, have to see, have See, now humans. that seems unethical. Like, to keep creating these mod- these cre- these things that could eventually turn against you and all of humanity. Well, I mean, isn't a big superhero trope like ethical versus unethical and like what's the line and how do you do right versus wrong and who really is the villain here yeah but i feel like they just keep presenting more moral quandaries for themselves here well we're gonna have to find out what happens aren't we because like this is very 
clearly a complicated society. So <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, if this started happening in real life, I think there would be a lot of questions about it. But you know, maybe the anime will answer those questions before Elon starts building his robot army. I'm sure it's already happened. Worried. He's I already mean, built a space yeah, spaceship. Capitalism's the root of all evil, and we're all going to die slaves to money. The only thing that we've got to look forward to, and the only saving grace will be Elon Musk will build a robot army, but he'll only either build 69 robots or 420 robots. <laughs> Honestly. Though I guess we do run the risk of running into the, utopia, uh, the dystopian hellscape where he does build 69,420 robots. Oh my god. That is also a possibility. <laughs> you know what? I have confidence that I'm going to be okay because I'm nice to the Google. But you're not. You, but see, it's not Google. It's Tesla. And we don't have a Tesla. It's true. To be nice to. I'll still be nice to the Tesla if we ever have no, one. No, it's going to come out as a, as a monster. You know, according to Lauren, the robots are always ready to rise. They are. The, the smarter we make them, the more likely they are to be like, we don't, we don't need you. So, and then they kill us all. Woohoo. <laughs> Well, this has been a fun prediction At from Lauren. At least we won't be slaves to capitalism anymore. Not Just anymore. Well, actually, that's a, that's a, that's a bad thing, Skylar. The master robot is called capitalism, and we are slaves oh, to the robots. No. So no matter Plot what, twist. we will always be slaves to capitalism. Yikes. And you'll be slaves to how good this anime maybe is or isn't <laughs> as we watch episodes one and two of Tiger and Buddy. So stick around. We'll be right back. You are watching Hero TV Live. All right, we had Lauren watch episodes one and two of Tiger and Bunny. Lauren, tell me, what did you think? I had such a fun time. I love a good what makes a hero trope, and I feel like this show is going to explore that a lot, so I'm super into it. Lots of robots in it, though, huh? Uh, okay, okay. Um, You don't need to be disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> I was right that they get into suits. I was wrong that there was robots at all and so, every single person does have superpowers to everyone some yes so there are there are actual superpowers in this tiger and bunny absolutely have superpowers and everyone is suited up in some capacity i did not expect that heroism was capitalized so that was a fun twist and i was super super into that i love that yeah and i actually have some more to tell you about that but we'll get to that mm. after we go through some t so tiger and bunny is an original anime directed by keiichi sato and written by Masafumi Nishida, produced by Studio Sunrise for Tokyo MX, which aired from April to September of 2011 for 25 episodes. Two manga adaptations were made, one written by Sunrise that ran in New Type Ace magazine from September 2011 to December 2014 for nine volumes. The other, titled Tiger and Bunny the Comic, was written by Erika Yoshida and ran in Miracle Jump from October 2011 to September 2016 for seven volumes. There are two films for Tiger and Bunny, Tiger and Bunny The Beginning, which released September 2012, and Tiger and Bunny The Rise which served as sort of a sequel that released February 2014. In March of 2019, a sequel series and manga were announced, with the anime coming to Netflix as an original anime. The first half of Season 2 released on Netflix just last month, on April 8th, 2022, with the second half slated to release, but no current time frame announced. In addition to all of that, there have been two Tiger and Bunny video games, a live stage play that performed in Tokyo in 2012, and a planned Ron Howard-produced American <gasps> live-action film that unfortunately fell through years ago. Oh, uh, man! Ron Howard would have done so well with this. I agree, but unfortunately, it was not meant to be. Aww. With that, let's jump into episode one and two. The city of Sternbuild is protected by a group of super-powered individuals known as the Next, which stands for noted entities with extraordinary talents, <laughs> who also vie for popularity on the Hero TV network. One of them is Kotetsu Wild Tiger Kaburagi, who is considered past his prime, especially after the arrival of Barnaby Bunny Brooks Jr., a rookie hero who possesses the exact same power he has. When his sponsor company has taken over, Kotetsu is forced to work under the supervision of Alexander Lloyds, adopt a new and improved look, and form a reluctant partnership with Barnaby. A giant stone statue runs rampant across the city, but Kotetsu and Barnaby are at a disadvantage due to their reluctance to work together. Doc Saito, the company's head researcher, shows Kotetsu how durable his new suit is compared to the old one. The next, behind the statue attack, a young boy with telekinesis later targets a high-level ice rink where Kotetsu's daughter, Kaede Kaburagi, is performing. Barnaby rescues Kaede while Kotetsu, recalling how a next called Mr. Legend inspired him to become a hero, manages to convince the boy to use his powers for good when the ice cream starts to collapse before dropping to the ground. That's episodes one and two of Tiger and Bunny. I loved 
the the live telecast of all of these superheroes. I was uh, annoyed by it because, you know, you have that you get more points for doing certain things and who's going to be the best hero. But it was also super fun to watch it happen right and i mean it's a it's a it's an idea that is kind of looked at a lot in in media especially in like the social media age Mm -hmm. is like the commodification of superheroes in a superhero society you know even if it's something like in my hero academia where they have like the popularity polls or um even if you look at something like incredibles 2 which covers a lot of like kind of trying to market a superhero Mm-hmm. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But Tiger and Bunny, honestly, was one of the first, like, really big ones that I saw do it. And they did it really well. Mm-hmm. So well that it doesn't translate to current day because of one big reason. Why is that? Um. So... Thing, so there's a lot of shots that I think if you have never seen the show before when it originally aired are just fine. You don't even notice them. If you're someone like me who watched the show when it first aired, they're so glaring. The amount of times where you just get like a half a second shot of like someone's like a bare chest plate or like a wing on like their suit that is just blank. It's because when this show originally aired, every superhero had real world sponsors. <gasps> what? And those are obviously as time has gone on those copyrights for those spot like for those sponsorships have like gone away barnaby mm-hmm. is sponsored by bandai and later on by amazon even oh my god um if you look at um blue rose she is sponsored by pepsi uh, specifically pepsi next you know you kind of go through uh, every single hero they could if- use pepsi blue well, Pepsi Next was like their big thing at the time. They like actually like I think did reach like these were actual paid sponsorships. Wow. And like every hero at different points like has different sponsors that are, you know, ju- just like a race car driver, right? Right. So yeah, absolutely. if you uh look throughout the show <laughs> and if you rewatch it with that lens, you start seeing those little shots that are there to show off the sponsorships. But I think that's what was that's what was always so cool to me when I first watched it. And it, don't get me wrong the show's still super cool yeah but it it even further pushes that commodification because they always Mm -hmm. talk about their sponsors but in the original when you literally see their costumes like covered in like pepsi and you know Ustream and domino's pizza like it 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 adds something to it yeah absolutely that would bring in a, a real world element for us I wish the actual sponsors. I wish that like instead of leaving it blank, they just came up with fake sponsors. I, I agree. I totally mm. wish that's what they would have done. You could have but, like Glamazon instead of Amazon. <laughs> but I think it's easier to um literally just cover it like animation wise. I think yeah. it's easier to cover it than to put something than else. To put something new on mm-hmm. it and like keyframe it onto every shot. Yeah. And then I want you know, a Websy next. Oh a Websy next. <laughs> I hate that. Hire Skylar, whoever, you know, had to get rid of the the sponsors. She'll she'll come up with some sponsors for you. Loco Uh, (laughs) Woe. But yeah, I really do uh, enjoy the kind of concept of the show, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, as as you said, Lauren, it kind of is exploring like the like what makes a hero, right? Yeah. And it sucks like in a society where like that media attention is what's most important, right? Like they literally get points for different actions. And it's mm-hmm. really interesting to watch, you know, uh Wild Tiger do honestly some of the most heroic stuff, but yeah. not necessarily kind of always making the right choice. He never mm-hmm. even gets any points on the board, you know? He never does. Right. Yeah, no, he's the one who's actively like we have to save people because the people's lives are at stake instead of the other heroes who were like i'm gonna catch this falling airship because that's gonna earn me 500 points on the board yeah exactly um and you you know you get those moments where she's like we're like (laughs) the the like sky monorail is like about to crash and she's like we have to go to commercial we have to go to commercial can you stop for 30 seconds and he's like absolutely not people are gonna die and she's like oh you're the worst Yeah, and uh, like, or even little things like in like their own personal lives, like you have the moment where 
you know, where Barnaby is walking past the little boy whose balloon is stuck up in the tree, and he kind of just is like, heh, loser. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have, like, you know, you have Kotetsu actually, like, jump up Get and it. grab the balloon from him mm-hmm. and then embarrassingly drop all of the wild tiger cards he bought. Because <laughs> <laughs> no one's buying them because he's the least popular hero. Oh, poor guy. I mean, I, feel so I would do that for our podcast if that, like, happened. Where I'd we had like- trading cards. Yeah, I'd be like, give me 50 of kawaii disappointment cards, please. <laughs> and they're like, why are you crying? <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am, are you okay? <laughs> no. Is anyone they're okay? They're just so great. <laughs> they just make me feel things. Like, your voice sounds really familiar. No, it does not. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> I honestly, though, if we're having to, like, buy them ourselves because no one else is buying them, I, I don't think they'd be like, your voice sounds familiar. <laughs> That's fair. Right. They'd be like, what is this? <laughs> right, 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 right. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. they know who Wild Tiger is, though. Like, they he's do. Just they not just popular. Yeah, no, he's not like um, Sky High or any of the others. But- Anytime I heard the name Sky High, I was just like, I like the superhero reference. <laughs> uh, great movie. Uh, premiered on Disney Channel. It deserved a sequel. So I could have sworn it had one. Nope. No. There oh. was a plan of making it a trilogy, which was going to be like super fucking cool. Yeah. But then they were like, meh. And then they just didn't. That's sad. I remember Sky High doing extremely well. It yeah, did. It was, it was really fun. It huh. had the best and worst named character of any movie ever. Royal Which is Pain? War and Peace. Sh- oh. PJ, you know, you know, I thought that name was so fucking clever and so fucking sexy. That's why I said it's the best sexy. and worst name at the same time. <laughs> also, I hate the book War and Peace. It's not great. Oh, poor Tolstoy. I hear Anna Karina is really good. So, like, Anna I guess- Karina is actually rated the best novel of all time. Who's wow. read it though? It takes like, it's like seventy five thousand pages. A lot of say, people have lot of read people. it. My aunt read it. I swear, people who read Lush- Russian literature are really just built different. Yeah, Kenny, don't listen to you this. You mean part. Russians? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I literally was like, oh, I hate War and Peace. This is boring. And then my aunt was like, oh, Skylar, you should just listen to Anna Karina or not listen. You should read Anna Karina. It's so great. Ha ha ha. Skylar's uh, aunt is a rich anime villain. <laughs> right. That's the impression that I got. That's that's the Russian literature part. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I won't be Russian to read that book anytime soon. Oh, man. Um, but <laughs> speaking of rushing, I really do like the concept of Barnaby and also Kotetsu's power that, like, they become a hundred times more powerful, but it's literally just for five Only minutes. Only for ten minutes. Ten minutes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, like, what a what an... OP, but also insanely weak power. Yeah. Like, yeah. I guess the goal is that you are f- strong enough to stop whatever's going on in those 10 minutes. But I will say, both Katetsu and Barnaby waste so much time when they're in their powered forms. Yes. They're just like hobnobbing yeah. around and like, you know, well, bantering. I'm like, you have only 10 minutes. I feel Barnaby, Bunny Boy, like, is at least trying to put some thought. <laughs> On when to, like, activate his powers. Well, that's yes. the thing that's... I mean, obviously, what the crux of the show is going to be is them learning from each other. Right. Because Kotetsu... What Kotetsu could teach Barnaby is what it's what it means to be, like, a real hero, right? Like, Heart. Kind of just running yeah. in. You know, it's that thing from, from My, My Hero, hero Academia, Academia, where it's, like, a true hero, like, moves without even thinking about it. Mm. Like, you know, into to, like, save someone or in the face of danger. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, and that's, like, Kotetsu's whole thing. Like, he's always going to go to try to save the person, to try to make the right move. You know, property damage, <laughs> be damned, oh or whatever. Oh, my God. Oh my There's God. so much property damage. Um, and then, you know, you have Barnaby, who is a lot more logical. Like, he's trying to sit mm-hmm. there and, like, observe the entire scene and mm-hmm. think about what the right move is. And, I mean, he's the first one to be like, I think that kid is controlling is the this next. statue. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like, he is way smarter than Kotetsu, so who's more impulsive. If mm-hmm. Kotetsu was like, oh, I'll listen to you for a second, like, so much uh, city damage would not have happened. His daughter wouldn't have been. In, like you know in trouble and but at, at the risk. same time you but 
that's also not true at the same time because you have to look at it from the inverse, which was had Barnaby not stopped Katetsu from running after and attacking the statue um, to try to save the kid, they w- he probably would have at least gotten some leverage on stopping it. But because he stopped him and they like stopped to talk, that's when they got captured by it. So mm-hmm. like it's a trick. It's like a trick question of like who was right and who was wrong. Mm-hmm. Because while you're right, um, had he thought to stop the boy ahead of time, you know, perhaps something would have happened but since he didn't he would have still gotten some leverage on stopping the statue but Mm -hmm. because barnaby did realize he stopped him leading to their capture Mm -hmm. yeah they're Um, both at fault and both right and that's what makes them like an interesting partnership and obviously where the show will grow from yeah is that they have to realize that each one they need to they need to be a unit of sensibility also i just yeah i just had a thought like i suppose without um the rest of the scene you wouldn't get the the hero moment with the little boy next it's true yeah you wouldn't have that you know because you have the flashback to to the tiger's essentially backstory of when he decided to become a hero and then you have the parallel of him giving that to this boy and yeah. his this is now his origin story which was so cool to see so yeah i liked that that parallel storytelling Mm-hmm. And also, like, mm-hmm. shout out for, like, male plus size representation <laughs> in Mr. Legend. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, he was. And he was, like, super powerful. I mean, we did get the the moment, too, where he was able to teach Barnaby in, a, in like, live in the scene. Because Barnaby was like, we need to arrest him. We get more points that way. And Tiger was like, what the fuck? No, he's a kid. We need to help him. Yeah, and... You know, it's like a complicated situation because at the end of the day, again, they're both right. Because, I mean, if they eventually fall enough out of favor, like, they're not going to... Get any sponsors. They're, they're, well, they're not going to get sponsored and they're not going to make money from doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. And, like, at a certain point, like... Yes, it's good to be like the honorable person. We also mm-hmm. have to like live outside of being a hero, right? That's it's like true. the crux of every like Spider-Man story. Is like Spider-Man's poor, you know? Mm-hmm. He is. He's so poor. Poor little Peter Parker. Um, and you know, like he has to. It creates a lot of problems in his life, right? Because like it's hard to balance trying to save the world and trying not to get evicted from your apartment, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's um, true, yeah. And true? having yeah. this source of income makes it a lot easier. You know, he has a very nice house. He does. He's like, he's a rich boy. This is I how mean, he's one of like the live. seven superheroes in this like superhero city. It's true. Yeah. I mean, he's no sky high, but I want, I wonder what sky high's place looks like. I mean, probably, <laughs> it's probably sky high. Oh, there it is. The first in one. In the high school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He Maybe. is the, uh, the vice principal. Vice principal by day, superhero by night. He's the Batman, but he's like, he's the everyman's Batman. I was going to say, he can't be the principal because Linda Carter is the principal. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> but talking about the other heroes, so obviously we have Sky High. We have uh, Blue Rose, who is our like the the super celebrity. You know, she is quote unquote like very hot and, you know, people are very into her. But like, she is also very young. Uh, so is Dragon Kid. Dragon Kid Dragon is all, like Kid the two girls a are. Kid. Yeah, the two girls are very young. Yeah, and I did hate, actively hated that when they were actually in combat, Blue Rose was the only hero that ran away, just like screaming the whole time. I was like, well, why does the girl have to be the one that's scared and leaving? Yeah, well, I mean, because the, the whole point is that she's just in it for like the attention more so than the actual heroic. Yeah, it looks so like when she's it gets- like. A pop so, star more so. So when it gets serious, she's like, oh, I'm out of here. Yeah. And I mean, I totally get that. And I have, I think there's a couple of these heroes that are just in it for the glory as opposed to this is the right thing to do. But why does it have to be the girl? Well, I mean, a, I mean girls are allowed to be afraid. Girls are allowed to be afraid. And also like Dragon Kid isn't running away. I was going to say she, yeah, the other Dragon girls Kid are we barely away. saw. We saw a lot of Dragon Kid. Dragon Kid like was the first one to stop people. And fear is a very, you know, real emotion. And it then is. honestly, this might be like a setup for later where she like, you know, this could be just a really 
really big challenge for her that she has to overcome. Mm -hmm. It's true. Yeah. I'm excited to see her journey progress. Maybe she will become like the all powerful. That would be cool. She will become like an Elsa. She just needs her ice castle moment, you know? So say, but it's perfectly fine to be like afraid of stuff, especially if you're forced into a situation. We don't know her circumstances. This could be a trafficking thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, it could be absolutely concept wise. Like, yeah. you have heroes, people force you to do stuff that's like, you know, it sucks. Yeah, absolutely. To an extent, then everyone could have been trafficked into this. Of course. It's yeah. A weird, a weird way to take this show. Uh, I mean, it's a possibility. Right? Okay, I mean, I doubt so it. I think it's again, too high, like, like light and happy. Probably not the best word, but I mean, like, we don't know if she just wasn't forced into this situation because she has powers, or if it was like suggested to her because it's the best way to debut like a pop star. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. I just think it's like unfair to be upset because she was like afraid and crying. And I mean, I'm sure she has like a whole arc and I know that she's more than just running away. I know that. I know she's more complicated. I know that the other heroes are probably feeling fear. And I'm not saying that they can't feel fear. It was just that one second clip of, of course, it's the girl squealing and running away. I mean, she might not be able to handle it, though, because like she her powers don't like measure up to that. So what's she supposed to do? Just like stand there and get hit? No, I'm not saying that. I'm. It was really just not the fact that she ran away. It was more the fact she was like screaming, crying, doing the whole like girly quote unquote thing, running away. But I, it's also clearly part of her act is being yeah. like the like cute, relatable the Moe, like, like Yeah. Again, at the end of this, they're all TV personalities. Mm-hmm. And that's why they said it's her signature because it's something that people like about her. We already saw like a moment where she's like, I don't like this aspect. I don't like this part. I don't like this part. So like her screaming and running away is like very scripted. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Her cutie escape. And like, yeah, they point out that it's like running away. But like she, you know, you could move out of the way and run away without doing that. But again, it's like they said it's her like signature thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like. I mean, like, again, that's, like, valid. You dislike it because it's, like, perpetuating the stereotype. But I don't think that's her fault. Right. And, sure. I'm not, yeah. and obviously you're saying it's, like, the show's fault because the show doesn't need to write that way, which mm-hmm. I yeah. do understand. I'm not, I don't think that you're here, like, wow, I really hate Blue Rose for no, running away. not at <laughs> I all. I think you hate the show for making her be the one to run away. But yes. I think that's what it's trying to play at is the fact that that is what's, this, what's expected societally. So that's what we're going to play on. It's literally, we know that people want, her to run away because they're going to like that because that is what is expected of her so like Mm -hmm. the thing that you hate about it is that they know some people are going to hate it and the other people are going to think it's adorable Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. true to an extent i think it just means that the writing got you to react the way it wants you to react that's true look at that it had a reaction (laughs) boom next No, I think it was an important conversation and I really value like what you have to say and your concerns. And I think PJ's right with like it did elicit a reaction and that's what all media is supposed to do, right? Exactly. Yeah. Art hits you in a different way and it's just supposed to make you feel things, right? It's supposed to make you think about things. So it very much succeeded in doing yeah that uh now let's talk about the things that annoyed me um (laughs) i know it's a very important thing and it happens a lot and like that's why uh this trope is a thing but they're like oh i can't come to your recital because i'm like super busy i understand Mm. that's a completely real thing i'm just bored of it sure yeah, it does happen a lot in media. The deadbeat dad always promising to be there. He never can be there. Sometimes it's for legitimate reasons yeah. like this. Sometimes it's not. But yeah, no, I I was like, ah, this old it's, chestnut. You know, it's always to like protect your loved ones, hence mm-hmm. the, se- the secret identity. Mm-hmm. It's just like it. And it's perfectly valid and important. I just it bores me. Yeah, I, I understand that. I get that. It's think, been used a lot. Yeah. I I just don't like seeing people have to feel bad because they're like a disappointment when they're actually like good people. Mm-hmm. And I just, it's just, again, like completely valid and, and important, but it happens, but I'm just bored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, overused. So yeah. I, I mean, that. it is like a very common trope. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this episode today is just like, what tropes about this did we not like? (laughs) (laughs) 
the show was good. I did have a good time watching it. I thought it was a very interesting take on superheroes living in a modern, quote unquote, real society. Well, you also have to remember, this show is 11 years old. It is. You know, it's not like this is a show from like four years ago and it should be like a lot more advanced than it is. Oh, no, no, no. And that's like the height of like reality TV for all of us. It really was though. Yeah. So no, I, it's very much a product of its time. It just does, it doesn't make it any less good. It just, you see flaws in it now, looking back with our lenses of today. Konnichiwa, my fellow weebs. A quick announcement up top. At the end of this month, we are going to be taking all of our old bonus episodes and moving them over to our Patreon. All told, that is only seven episodes, so it won't be a huge blow to the back catalog. But if you've been holding off on listening to such greats as our episode on the hilariously inappropriate anime dub of Ghost Stories, or our in-depth conversation on gatekeeping in anime with the triumvirate podcast Cassandra Clark, now is the time to listen before they go back into the Disney vault or the Kawhi Disappointment vault, as it were. If you're craving more quiet disappointment, head on over to our Patreon after this episode to listen to all of our bonus content. Later this week, we will be releasing our reduced redo for May, where we had Lord watch Naruto. So if you want to hear her thoughts on one of the greatest shonen of all time, just want to hear PJ yell about that damn swing again, or are just excited to hear any of the other bonus content we've released or have planned to come down the pipeline, you can find us on Patreon by searching Kawaii Disappointment or by going to patreon.com slash kawaiidesupod. A special shout out to our wonderful patrons, starting off with our eternal Desu patrons, our $8 tier, the amazing Skullbosh and incomparable Alex J. They're not alone though, as we also have our amazing Super Desu patrons, our $5 tier, Nene Killua, Magical Girl Charlotte, Rebel in an Isekai, and Jellums, and our Kawaii Desu patron, our $3 tier, Eliza L. You're all pretty Kawaii Desu in my book. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at KawaiiDesuPod, or go to KawaiiDesuPod.com for links to those socials as well as all of our episodes. That's K-A-W-A-I-I-D-E-S-U-P-O-D.com. Spread the word about us, and if you feel so inclined, leave a review on iTunes, rate us five stars on Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. It really does help. Thank you to Skullbosh for leaving a five-star review on iTunes. We will see you all again next week as we continue through Super Powered Month with Super Crooks. Now, back to the podcast. And I think a lot of it, like, not to always do the thing where it's like, well, is that what it was seeing the show? I think a lot of it, I think what this show is really good at is setting up tropes to then kind of play off of them in a different way than you might expect. Mm. That's good. Uh, the one that I think it does a disservice by playing into this trope, but again, it is a product of its time. But I think it plays into this trope early on and it grows really nicely, but I don't like the way they present it at first, which is Fire Emblem. Oh, um, being like yeah. super, super Flamboyant. like flamboyantly gay. Yeah. Um, or it did I feel mean, homophobic. It's a complicated situation. Uh, yeah. But the thing is, I think they play it up a certain way and. And I think it becomes very obvious very quickly. Like, you know, you have that moment where Fire Emblem grabs Rock Bison's ass and it's very played up like, oh, is this like assault? <laughs> but right. like that's also, but it's not like, it's kind of just like the friendship they have. It's like mm-hmm. very much like a joke mm-hmm. between them. And like, but I think if you don't know that contextually at first, you're like, what the fuck is Fire Emblem's deal? Yeah. What's up with that? But Fire Emblem is honestly, I think, a very progressive and amazing character for the time. Agreed. Fire Emblem is gender non-binary. <gasps> I and, love that. Uh, okay. You know, Fire Emblem is gender non-binary. They talk a lot about their uh, struggling with their sexuality and gender as a kid. You know, being disowned by their parents because of their sexual identity and their Aww. and their gender identity. Um, and you know, I think it's it. it presents a lot of these very fascinating ideas especially for the time Mm -hmm. but like i think they set again to everything i think a lot of things in episode one and two are setting you up with the tropes so that they can then later on kind of subvert the tropes but Mm -hmm. i think again looking at this as a show with 
via the lens of episode one and two, you look at it and you just see the tropes for what they are. You just mm-hmm. see, you know, Blue, Ro- Blue Rose kind of be like this weak damsel when it's there to kind of be subverted later. You see mm-hmm. these things like Kotetsu kind of being like a little bit of a deadbeat dad for it to sub- be subverted later. You see, you know, uh, Fire Emblem be this like very effeminate, o- like overly gay character for it to be subverted later. You know, just continuing down the line. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I like that. I mean, it was a lot of world building as you need in the first two episodes, especially with something like a superpowered world. But I very clearly understand all of the characters. So they did a really good job with characterization. Right. And I'm excited to see things change and grow over time. Because I know that when you start like this intense right off the bat, things are going to get even more intense down the line. Right. Can I say in the first episode, that was the hardest perp to catch of like all time. They chased that one singular band around the city and like seven different heroes weren't able to get Well, but see, that's actually the complicated thing was he got away onto the monorail. And once he was there, it was like, oh, it's out of our jurisdiction. So everyone else stopped trying to get him except for Wild Tiger. Mm -hmm. right so that's why it became this like chase because it wasn't until he was um onto the blimp that that's when sky high was like okay it's out of the the public transit center i can be involved again Mm -hmm. and then um once he was back on in the city on the ice rink then everyone got involved again so Mm -hmm. it became this thing where it it was like Wild Tiger was the only one consistently chasing it, but everyone else was kind of like, oh, do I? Do I not? So it was, he got very, he was very lucky, again, based on the fact that these people were just like, oh, that's not going to get me any points. So I'm not going to follow him. Yeah, it's true. It's just wild to watch this one man <laughs> continuously escape all these heroes. <laughs> uh, it was fun. It was a great intro sequence to all the heroes. I love yeah, that. Yeah, and I do kind of like, a limited hero scope because obviously in a you know when you go into a hero society you can't it you nine times out of ten there's like a bunch and you obviously will follow your core group but mm-hmm. you kind of have like a, a bunch of other ones that are just also there yes. and i kind of like that it's like these are the only superheroes in this city there might be super villains somewhere but these are the only superheroes here mm-hmm. you know it's later only on these you know people yeah and yeah. like you know, other people obviously will get introduced throughout the show, but like these are like our core. Obviously, the fact that they're the ones that are in the ranking and everything, like you know, these are the core right. of this city. There's probably mm-hmm. people from other cities, all that jazz, but yeah. And then they should all compete at like a um <laughs> a world level. Yeah, <laughs> like the Olympics for superheroes. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah, like Miss Universe or something, but uh, Olympics. No, 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 Miss Universe is no Miss Universe is funnier. <laughs> it will do a Miss Universe. <laughs> Not me forgetting about the Olympics existing. <laughs> so, like, I was really attracted to Barnaby uh, in his, like, little mech suit. But, like, with his hair and glasses, I was like, no. Yeah, I don't find Barnaby <laughs> attractive outside of his outfit no, at all. he's yeah. really I not. I think he needs a haircut and some contacts. I sound so old. <laughs> you need a haircut. I don't necessarily care as, as much about the glasses, but I think just him in the suit looks hotter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Versus like Katetsu, who can we? T- okay, can we just say? And maybe you guys didn't think this, but I thought this. Katetsu's original outfit, that's just a Sonic the Hedgehog cosplay. (laughs) Honestly. Oh my god, yes. (laughs) As someone that saw Sonic the Hedgehog 2 recently, I can agree with your point. This motherfucker really was just that one (laughs) meme of the little boy in the Sonic outfit being like, you can't run faster than your feelings. (laughs) (laughs) He does gotta go fast, though. Oh my god, yeah, his first suit is um it's pretty tragic. <laughs> but he gets the upgrade, right? And the upgrade's super cool. I like how much he's like fighting getting the new costume, but then immediately he's like, Oh, this is pretty great. Oh. But I do like that because Bar- it's so funny because the entire time I was like, So your name's just gonna be Barnaby? Like you're not gonna have a superhero name? But then <laughs> the second he was like, Whatever little bunny, I was like, Oh, that's where this comes from. There it is. <laughs> that's gonna be his name, Tiger and Bunny. It's going to be that situation where, you know, he'll say it at a press conference and everyone starts calling him Bunny and he'll always be like, no, my name is Barnaby. And they're like, oh, yeah, OK, whatever, Bunny. And that's how it's born. That's Honestly, what I'm predicting. like, 
when I heard the name Tiger and Bunny, I thought it was me. Bunny was going to be uh, either a girl character or I thought like um, Tiger was going to be a big, strong woman like hero. And then mm. Bunny was going to be like a cute little boy, <laughs> like a Robin. But yeah, a you think that the Bunny's going to be like a soft character, but mm-hmm. it's really just nicknames more than anything. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. right. he's not very Tiger like. Other than, I guess, his, his sonic crazy cosplay. strength. And his, <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry, yes, his Sonic cosplay is very <laughs> Tiger-esque. God. I'm never going to get that out of my head. Just the Sonic cosplay. Going through just the only other things that I wanted to talk about were, um, I like that the heroes of the city, I don't know how obvious this is, are all from different places. So, of the um, city? No, just places. So Kotetsu is Japanese. Uh, mm-hmm. Barnaby, Blue Rose, Sky High, and Fire Emblem are American because this is cities in America. Uh, mm-hmm. Dragon Kid is Chinese. Rock Bison is Mexican. And Origami Cyclone is Italian. Oh, we don't see I much of not Origami know Cyclone. That. You're not That's supposed so cool. to, I think, though. Yeah, he's... No, I love that Origami a bit of a thing is literally just like photobombing segments. <laughs> <laughs> like I like that like he like literally like blazed past Tiger Buddy while uh while Blue Rose was setting up her stage and then like you know it does the whole shot and he's like, Yes, I got it to one of the shots. I did it. I got in there. <laughs> He's like he's the Swatchers so, will be so happy. He's such a he's such a little disaster human, but I I'm kind of into him. He's so cute. He's a character. He's a character. That's really cool though. I didn't realize that they all came from different like countries. I like that representation. Can I say also the only other thing that I forgot to mention is how fucking weird that scene with the scientist was. Oh, the For- whispering guy. Oh my god. Okay, thank you. <laughs> the Edna mode, essentially, the right? Si- I love the his- like silent Edna mode. I like that the yes. entire is talking, but we don't know what he's saying because he's whispering so quietly, so softly that even Tiger has to like be standing literally right next to him with his ear up to his mouth just to hear what's going on. But you never know what the dialogue is. But that scene straight up from Incredibles. Like that was literally ripped frame for frame from Incredibles. It was, yeah. Which one came out first? Definitely the Incredibles. That definitely came out before 2011. Yeah, that was early 2000s. Yeah, the Incredibles is from 2004, Skylar. Wow, I was 14. I remember seeing the Incredibles. Oh yeah, I graduated in 09. Oh my god. I, now it's all coming back to me in the words of Celine Dion. <laughs> As Celine Dion would say. But yeah, that scene was straight up from The Incredibles. And, like, you know, when he's like burning his old suit and like setting mm-hmm. it up and like chainsawing it and also doing weird inflation porn <laughs> fetish stuff with it. Right, right. Yeah. You need a good, you need a good super suit it's scene. Not- Weird, PJ. Don't yuck people's oh, yum on I don't this mean podcast. It's I don't mean inflation porn is weird. The way that he did it was weird. Okay. That is true. The yeah, <laughs> the execution was weird, but the fact that it exists is fine. Right. Yeah. But you know what's more than fine is the music for Tiger and yeah. Buddy. So why don't we switch to talking about that? So we have our opening song and our ending song. Our opening song, Orion o Nazuru, which means Tracing Orion by Union Square Garden. Lauren, tell me, what did you think of that opening? The intro, I thought, was so much fun. Um, It puts you, it just like put me in a really good mood listening to it. I loved seeing all of the heroes outside of their suits. And um, it the song is very much a product of its time. Like you can tell the era that this song would have been popular in, but it's still great. And I still really enjoyed myself. Yes, I had a lot of fun listening to everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a fun, fun, upbeat song. You could listen to this on a summer day with like the top down on your Mustang, just like going down the freeway and you'd have a great time we're rich in this fantasy (laughs) listen if i'm gonna have a fantasy where i'm listening to this song in a car that's it 
a BMW, not like a Corvette or anything? It's, she never said I mean, a BMW. She said a Ford Mustang. I went. Oh, I shit. went there. I okay. Ignore what I said. <laughs> you know, a 2011 <laughs> Ford Mustang goes for like twenty five thousand dollars now. So like mm-hmm. that, is that that good must or have, bad? That's a lot for a car. It is a lot okay. for a car. Yeah, but a lot for a used if- car. You know. Oh, and you know, but what an image! Who doesn't? This is the perfect song. This this episode sponsored by the 2011 Ford Mustang convertible. (laughs) There's a guy named Keith down in Van Nuys selling his for twenty five (laughs) thousand dollars. Oh, we're never gonna let go of Keith. If you're interested, use code Kawaii Disappointment for two (laughs) dollars off your purchase. It's either yeah. It's either the $25,000 or a pack of gum. Man, this would be a great um, episode if we actually had sponsors. This would be the greatest episode we have a first sponsorship pod. If anyone wants to sponsor uh, us, please reach out. <laughs> brought to you by, again, uh, Wepsy Next. <laughs> Wepsy Next. Well, uh, yeah, I really like that OP. Uh, but let's move on to our ED then, which is Hoshi no Sumika, which is A Boat of Stars by Albozu. Lauren, what did you think of that outro? Another product of its time. I thought it was a nice counter to the intro. I think the intro is my preferred of the two, but I liked that they existed together. They kept the same vibe going, you know? Right. Yeah. Yes. I, re- I mean, yeah, I really like both. They definitely have very similar vibes, but also like, d- I think their vocalists give them a different enough sound. Yes. Oh, definitely. Yes. yes. Um, um, but yeah, I really like both very much. I definitely liked this song more than the intro. Hmm. Oh, you liked this one huh. more. I like the yeah. intro more. Yeah, I like the intro more. But like for um, me, it's like a 10, per- like it's like a 2% difference. Like, yeah, yeah it's very no, 100%. Um, I really like the intro. The intro sounds very like traditional OP. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think this like matches it pretty well, but again, it's still pretty different, and um, it it definitely feels early two thousands, like outside yes. of the world of anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we'll say for twenty eleven anime, world. both of these songs sound like they came out in twenty two thousand and six. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, <laughs> I completely agree with that. Uh, and let's explore that a little bit more as we move on to our segment. What modern contemporary artist do you think would have done a good job with these anime interests and outros? Lauren, why don't you tell us who you think would have done a good job with Tracing Orion? I might get red for filth, but... No, you'll as, be better than me, I promise. I don't know about that. Uh, as I was listening to this, I realized that the vocalist, to me, sounds just like Steve Perry. So I said Journey... <laughs> That is so funny. So I hear what you're going with for sure. Yes. I see... I see the inspiration. I, I mm-hmm. hear the Steve Perry of it all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I said. I said Journey. What song specifically? I mean, I uh, don't think any Journey song. No, none of them is going to match fit. this literally at all. You okay. don't. There's obviously like this again. Steve Perry totally sounds like this. Yes. Um, he I did. think I think if you do have a song, I would be interested because I there are some Journey songs that kind of go a little into this range. Yeah. Um, I had the song that I picked for the vocal specifically was Any Way You Want It. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I will say it has a, a, high a bright energy. enough mm-hmm. energy to to be a, an approximation for this. So I I would 100% give you like like a, like, I, I'd give you that. I'd give you a 7 out of 10. I, that's more than I I'd give you like a 6 and a half. I was okay. going to give myself a 6 and a half out of 10. Oh. Uh, Skylar, so what'd you I'm go gonna with? I'm going to go second. So I went in the same direction as Lauren, surprisingly. This sounds oh. so similar to something from like the early 2000s that I just could not place it. Mm. So uh, I just 
went for matching vocals and I went with Boston. So <gasps> peace oh of God. mind by Boston. <laughs> I like how you were like from the early 2000s, you know, Boston. Boston. No, I said uh, it reminded me of early 2000s, but I couldn't place it. So I just chose to focus on uh, vocals. I think I do agree. Lords is like a slightly better choice than yours because oh. Steve Perry does sound a lot closer. Yeah. Mm. But I mean, like, yeah, I think it, it's there. I, yeah, you're right. If I would give Lauren a six and a half, I'd give you like a five and a half. Okay, so mm. I get six and a half. Lauren gets a seven. I, according well, to my that's scale. your scale. <laughs> okay, so then who did you go for, PJ? So I I personally think I did a good job of finding that two th- mid-2000s artist. Vibe. But you guys feel free to roast me if I am not there. <laughs> We're going to do it just to... <laughs> Make so, um, no, I, no. I had an immediate artist for this, and the, but it's great. so weird because the song that I thought of that came into my hand did not sound anything like this song, and I was like, dang, does that artist even have a song that sounds like this? So I went through to discography, and they totally do. So <gasps> I went with Motion City Soundtrack. Oh! Specifically their song, My Favorite Accident. Oh, fuck. <laughs> This is literally perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm so mad. Wow. Yeah, no. Okay, so you're 10 out of 10. Congratulations. Maybe even go. 11 out of 10. I don't oh, know. Oh, I mean, honestly, maybe they, yeah. Thank Good job, you. PJ. Yeah. That's really well done. No, we have to take the points that we didn't get out of 10 and add it to PJ's score. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you guys are too kind. No, but honestly, like, for some reason, uh, everything is all right. Like, while we while I was listening to the original OP, popped in my head and I was like, this is outside anything like everything is all right by motion city soundtrack and i was like but it kind of does sound like motion city soundtrack actually vocally though uh there's a band i thought was a way better match vocally but they did not sound like them musically which is a band i've chosen before which is the spanish band laura had van gogh and if you like you know you know if you remember you remember but this was like a total package for me so i'm glad that you yeah. guys liked it too absolutely well done damn i'm kind of annoyed how good <laughs> <laughs> well don't be don't be sad i'm way less confident about my outro mm. so let's move to that outro so our outro song is again a boat of stars lauren who did you pick for that rare that I find an artist on my very first try, but this is an incident where it happened, so I had to go for it. I am saying all-time low, and I'm saying this is how we do. Yeah, I think this is a phenomenal choice. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, no, I think it fits the vibe. It definitely like it fits the vocals. It it's a great choice. Phenomenal job, Lord. Thank you so much. Uh I'll go second because again I'm not super <laughs> confident in mine. Um, so I I had like this weird journey with this where like this was kind of where I kind of landed. Um, but <laughs> I've never done this before. But I did a th- I did this thing where I watched the ED and muted it while I played my song over it, and <laughs> they fit so well. <laughs> <laughs> that I was like, this isn't even like a great, the best choice for the song for it. PJ but out if here they making were to AMVs. replace the ED with this song, damn, it fits really damn. well. I'm excited. And that's unrelated to anything because obviously like our listeners can't see that. But I mean, if you ever want to see a really good approximation of a replacement song for this ED, you could play it alongside Boys Like Girls, specifically their song, Five Minutes to Midnight. I think you should be confident in your choice, PJ. This yeah, fits I'm extremely really well. <laughs> Why are you pissed <laughs> off? Because I wanted to go second. <laughs> oh, man. I don't think it's anywhere near as good as Lauren's regardless. Oh, I don't know about that. The vocals fit. The vibe is there. I can see the visuals. I'm glad you guys like it. Um, yeah. I, I have confidence in you, Skylar, even if you don't have confidence yeah, in Skylar, you. Yeah, Skylar, you got I this. No, because I'm about to cry <laughs> because I did the thing that PJ suggested, which was uh, listen to the OP and ending and choose my artists before I watch the anime because, like, that's what takes me the longest to prepare. Same, though. And I fucking listened to the live version. So as soon as you clicked off it, I was like, well, fuck. Because I matched the energy of the live version instead of this one. And then when we were watching on Netflix, we had just skipped both the opening and credits because mm. of uh, we had already seen them and chose them. So God damn hot it. tip for anyone who does like to play <laughs> along with this. Always find one that has visuals to it because then you can guarantee mm-hmm. it's the right version. That's the one. Right. That's what Anyways. I always go by too. <laughs> Anyways. I went, I went with my girlfriend's dead by the Vandals. And if you listen to the live version, you'd be like, hmm, hmm. 
hmm, yeah, that sounds similar. I think this is a plenty good choice. It is like a little yeah. more ska. As someone who has heard the version that you did watch, I still don't think it's, I don't think that's like your cop out because it's not that different. <laughs> this is a much more ska version of it, but I think it's a good version of it regardless. Yeah, Thanks. I think the vocals, vocals are a good match. Second. <laughs> oh my god well regardless i still think it's a good choice i don't think it's like a bad choice this isn't like the worst decision you've ever made no absolutely not i still think that you know this would be on the same playlist yes but yeah yeah regardless i like all the options we've presented for everything here overall a really good modern contemporary artist section and just a good music mm-hmm. segment overall which is also a good place to stop as we take a break to watch some additional clips some additional context and we'll be right back after we do it so stay tuned you are watching hero tv live All right, we're back. We had Lauren watch some additional clips, some additional context, some additional hero moments, and some additional sponsorships. Now that you can actually see them in some of those context clips. Right, yeah, that was and interesting. And you can see that see. they're literally everywhere. All <laughs> over the place. Uh, it's good time, though. Of, yeah. Yes, but all of that said, uh, you know, Tiger and Buddy is a show with a, a lot of messages to put out there. You know, the corruption of, I mean, let's, let's be honest, corruption of capitalism. Mm-hmm you know kind of the modification of what it means to be a good person in a you know media-based society and also just what it takes to actually be a hero in a hero society you know and it asks a lot of those questions and it gives a lot of really good answers for those questions but also leaves a lot of things open-ended because morals are subjective at the end of the day and so is liking this anime but let's find out what your morals are on that lauren as we ask you the question would you keep watching tiger and bunny i I think I've watched a different anime than what you guys, or I guess what PJ watches as a kid, just because, you know, some of it has been edited out. But the story is still very strong. The characters are still very compelling. And I already saw one trope that was in the beginning turned on its head. And so now I want to see all of them turned on their head. So I have to keep watching. Yes, I will continue with Tiger and Bunny. Awesome. You love to see it. A kawaii success here for our first anime and superpower month in the book tell me lauren mm-hmm. did you end up with a favorite character throughout it yes i really like katetsu the tiger i like him the most i think so far yeah katetsu is great i really like katetsu mm-hmm. he has his flaws obviously of course yeah but he's the one who you know he is doing this for the right reasons and i got mad respect for him for that yeah no i really love katetsu mm-hmm. what about you skylar um i really enjoy uh rock bison um Oh, he's cool. Yeah. And he's he funny. Just, he's really funny and he's a little bit thicker and he just seems like <laughs> a really good friend and like that he cares about like the people he works with. Yeah. Yeah. I really like him. Yeah. I really like Rock Bison too. Uh, absolutely love him. Um, For dumb reasons, my favorite is Origami Cyclone. I love it though. He was very good too. Why is he your I favorite he's though? the one that makes me laugh the most and he's also still very compelling Mm -hmm. uh but i love whenever he's on screen yeah Yeah, it is very funny he's great i loved a lot of these characters it was hard to pick just one yeah no it's a it's a very it's a very good character driven show Mm mm-hmm um, but that said, obviously, we have your Kawhi success in the book, your favorite character, your closing thoughts. I guess there's only one thing left to do. Is there an MV for that? AMV, anime music videos. Is there an AMV for that? All right, Lauren, give me your song and artist for Tiger and Bunny. I went very classic with my choice so um i'm not holding my breath here but i think it would be really cute if it did exist uh focusing more on tiger and bunny themselves i said uh with a little help from my friends by the beatles all right lauren mm-hmm. unfortunately there are no amvs that's okay to, with a little help from my friends by the beatles to tiger and bunny so that's unfortunately okay. zero points today can't win them all. All right, Skylar, this is also your first time watching the anime, so why don't you give me your song and artist for Tiger and Bunny? Maybe you can salvage this. Hopefully. I wanted to keep it in the, the hero kind of genre and like maybe go um, a little bit farther back to when this song was more relevant around the time that this mm. anime was more relevant. That's so smart. I went with um, We Could Be Heroes by Alesso. 
Ooh, that's a great choice. Thank you. Unfortunately, the song is not called We Could Be Heroes, so I it's will have called, to not give you the point. It's called Heroes, parentheses, We Could Be, in parentheses. <laughs> no, obviously I'm joking. Yes, of course. Yay! I mean, I feel like, again, uh, this is very much a um, furry month, like, of course you could pick Animal mm. by Maroon 5 Every Week kind of song. <laughs> So it's low-hanging fruit, but it is fruit nonetheless. So that is three points for you, Skylar. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. But perhaps there is still room for one more point. Oh. Because Lauren, Mm -hmm. it's time for the super secret, not so secret bonus round. And we're back to regular stuff. So (laughs) do you think there's an AMV for this anime to Evanescence Bring Me to Life? Um, God, he literally has a moment. He quote unquote comes back to life. But it doesn't fit the vibe. But is Casey's rule, it's so ridiculous it has to exist. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say it doesn't. Final All right. answer. Well, you know, sometimes it is good to take Casey's advice on that where it's like it's so ridiculous it might exist. Yeah. Yeah. But I actually don't think it's that ridiculous here. So it's still not going to exist, which means that of course there are no AMBs <laughs> to tag your buddy to have an essence bring me to life. <laughs> I was sweating. I was like, damn, Uh, Casey's rule is right. (laughs) Casey's rule is technically right, but I don't think it's so ridiculous here. You know, if you could think that there's like a slight chance that it might exist, then it's not ridiculous that it could exist. Right. That is true. Yes. So, but regardless, that is one point in the book for Lauren. Yay! Oh, that's not a complete zero. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> um, it's always good when you don't end up with a, at least a full zero. Yeah. Zero to hero, Lauren, just like that. Just But like- <laughs> uh, with that said, we have your Kawhi success in the book, one mm-hmm. point in the book, and I think that's it for Tiger and Bunny. Lauren, as always, thank you for joining us on this journey. Thank you so much for bringing me along. Uh, I hope fun. you. Ha- mm-hmm. I hope you had a good time. I hope you had a fun time. More importantly, I hope our listeners had a good and fun time. I hope they had a superhero time, a next time, a sponsored by Pepsi Max time, a bun time, a what? A what? Bun because you said fun, and then bunny man, like a bun bun. That yeah. did not read. I was like, <laughs> like a burger bun. Like none no. of them are sponsored by McDonald's. Oh, I was thinking like bow bun. No, because like so many people like. On the TikToks with the youth, they're like, oh, look at that cute little bun. Like, uh, Skylar being bad at outros time. <laughs> but until <laughs> next time, we hope your wait isn't a Kawaii disappointment. I've been PJ. I've been Skylar. I've been Lauren. And have a bun time, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.